All right, good morning. It's good to have everybody. How are we doing? Good. Yeah? yeah? Good deal. I'm so glad to have you guys here today. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Josh. I'm the lead servant here at this church, uh, leading best that I know how to do, following the lead of my Savior, Jesus. So glad that you guys are here again. Glad to see everybody joining us online today. I know we got a lot of people from the church traveling, heading back from spring break and all that stuff today, and you guys are watching online. So thank you for uh, joining in with us today. A um, little bit of business before we get into the message. Um, we've had a loss here at our church. How many of you know uh, Francis Ledbetter? Francis Ledbetter. Uh, by Terry and Vicki Hollis. It would be Vicki Hollis's mother. She passed away uh, very recently. And we're going to have the funeral for her at this church tomorrow. Um, viewing is at 12 p.m. The funeral service actually starts at 2 p.m. So 12 p.m. viewing, 2 p.m. service. Um, so with the timeline of the service being pretty aggressive, we have to do a lot of setup today. And so your staff asked me to... Um, make a request to the people that were here. If you don't have anywhere to go immediately after service today, uh, if you're able-bodied and able to help, um, if you don't mind maybe donating uh, 20, maybe 30 minutes of your time to help us move some tables and chairs uh, to get things set up in the next generation room over here for the reception that will follow the funeral service tomorrow, we would really appreciate that. And you'd be blessing us, blessing the staff, and most, more importantly, you'd be showing love and serving uh, Terry and Vicki and the family as they um, are in a time of mourning for the loss of Francis. We know Francis is with Jesus. I'm telling you right now, if anybody is with Jesus, Francis is with Jesus. That woman would flat out pray the paint and carpet out of this place. You know, uh, she had a passion for God that was contagious. She's with Jesus now, and we celebrate that, and we'll be celebrating her life tomorrow, but that doesn't mean we're not going to miss her because we love her. So our hearts and prayers are with Vicki and Terry, uh, Russell, Brett, and the family. And I want you to know that your church loves you. And if you guys can give some extra time after service today to help serve and set some things up, that would help us tremendously in getting things prepared tomorrow. Okay? All right. Asking for a friend, kicking off this series today. Here's the heart behind this. We know people have a lot of questions. And we know sometimes in church world, we don't get to answer all the questions that pop in your head. And sometimes you're not able to schedule meetings with guys like me or the staff to ask these kind of questions or catch us in the hallway. So what we wanted to do is put together a sermon series just based on topics that you're interested in. So we've asked you over the last couple of weeks to write out things on a card, questions you might have, or a topic you would like to hear a message on. And we're going to put this information up again for you so that you can do it. Um, even right now, don't be afraid to pull out your phone or your tablet and go to slido.com. You guys watching online, we wanted to do this so that you guys could have a connection point and a way to be able to ask questions because we know you're not here in service with us. So go to slido.com. They'll put the information up on the screen for you watching online right now. And you're going to enter in the key code 760-579. And you can anonymously put in any topic you'd like to hear addressed. And we'll get to as many of them as we possibly can. Can't promise we'll get to all of them, but we'll get to as many as we possibly can. And we'll answer as many questions as we possibly can too. Uh, it's gonna be a fun series. It's gonna be a great series. One of the topics that came in, uh, we're gonna deal with today, and it was a pretty popular one, uh, honestly, early on, was how to deal with a toxic person in your life. Whoo! Man, man, oh man. How many of you would say right now, you have either had to deal with a toxic person in your life or you are dealing with a toxic person right now in your life? Yeah, we all know what we're talking about here. Um, that special person. Uh, now when I talk about toxic people, I'm not talking about difficult people, okay? Not talking about difficult people. Actually, if you look at the definition of, of toxic, it literally means poisonous, very harmful, or unpleasant. Those are great words to describe a toxic person. They're poisonous to your life, they're harmful, and they're absolutely unpleasant 
to be around. They really are. But I'm not talking about difficult people. Difficult people are people that you don't just naturally click with. You know, difficult people have got little personality quirks that you don't always connect with. Difficult people got mannerisms that drive you crazy, you know. Um, difficult people, like a difficult person may, want, may make you want to throat punch them. But a toxic person is the kind of person that will destroy your life if you give them the opportunity. Completely different level that we're talking about here. Like I was uh, having um, breakfast with my family this past week. We decided to go crazy and go to Cracker Barrel because uh, we love eating way too many biscuits at Cracker Barrel. My gosh, are the biscuits there good or what? It's insane. I think they put crack in them or something. You just can't eat one. So we're there having a, a, a late breakfast, and I'm hanging out with a family, and everything's just going great. And I look a few tables over, and there's this group of women having, you know, uh, having breakfast too, and they're having a great time. But I can't look at my wife who's sitting in front of me without, being, without having to see this table of women over here carrying on, you know. You know how it is when you got background distractions, and I'm a little ADD, so if a squirrel pops up, squirrel, I'm going to look at it, you know. Um, so they're carrying on, and then I noticed that one of the ladies is just chewing with her mouth open, mouthful of food, just chewing away. Oh, my gosh. I can't handle it. How many of y'all love people that chew with their mouth open? Oh, no, it's just it's disgusting. So she's going to town on the food, and then I noticed she's a hand talker. And she's got her fork in her hand, chewing her food, and talking. So she's talking with her mouth full of food. So I'm trying to, like, talk to my wife, but in the background, all I see is going on. Oh! It's driving me crazy. And then while she's talking, a piece of food, boo, jumps out and lands on her chin right here. And she doesn't know it's there. And her friends have got to see this thing on her face, but nobody's saying anything because she's so busy talking. And I guess they're watching where the fork is so they don't get stabbed in the process of her conversation, you know. And I'm like, I almost got up from my table and went over there and said, here, ma'am, let me help you. You got a little bit of something right there, you know. That's just, that's a pet peeve of mine. Oh, I can't stand when people talk with their mouth open or, or, or their mouth full of food, I mean, and, and they chew with their mouth full of food. I just, it drives me crazy, you know. But that's not a, doesn't mean that she was a toxic person. It just means that she made it very difficult for me to sit there and have breakfast with my family because of what she was doing. There are people in life that will make things difficult because they just grate you the wrong way. Toxic people are completely different. And listen, it's incredibly important for us to know how to deal with toxic people in our lives because if you don't deal with them, they will do tremendous damage to you, tremendous damage to your relationships, tremendous damage to your family, to your career, and they will destroy God's call on your life if they can get an opportunity to do it. So it's important to know how to identify toxic people and how to deal with toxic people. And the big why is because we have got something to do while we are on this earth for the kingdom of God. God's called all of us to do something. And toxic people seem to be an opposition to us accomplishing what God wants us to do. It's like they figure out what it is and they strategically put things in place to frustrate us and keep us from doing it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? You've experienced that in your life. You guys watching online, I know you probably experienced this too. I know I have in my life. It's like they know. It's like a sixth sense that they have. They know to call at just the wrong time. They know to show up at just the wrong time. They know to cause problems in your life at just the wrong time to try to derail what God's doing. Matthew 6, Jesus is speaking here and he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, your priority, number one, is to seek my kingdom. 
Seek my kingdom. Seek my righteousness. And if you will do that, I'll take care of all the details in life that you're stressing about and that you're worrying about. He wants our focus to be on accomplishing God's will for our lives. And if you have a toxic person sitting center stage in your life, it's really hard to seek first the kingdom because you've got to deal with all the trouble that they're bringing into your life. In John 15, 8, says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus again speaking there and he says, if you want to glorify God, then live a life that is bearing fruit. When a tree bears fruit, it's being productive. Jesus says, if you want to glorify your father, be productive in your life. You know, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. He says, don't live a life that's dead. Live a life that's productive. And if you do that, you'll glorify your father, but you'll also set yourself up in such a way that people will look at your lifestyle and know that you are my disciple. You know, toxic people though, I'm telling you, they will kill your productivity in the kingdom of God and in life. They're productivity robbers and they're masters at it. Ephesians 5 gives us this cautionary word. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So we're supposed to live our lives in a way that's full of wisdom, not haphazardly just jumping around without caution, but with wisdom, using wisdom to set ourselves up for success so that we can make the most of every opportunity that we have. And it's hard to make those opportunities work when you're dealing with toxic people in your life. They are like black holes of destruction. They just move through society. You know what a black hole is, right? It's just void emptiness that has a gravitational pull that will pull anything that gets too close to it into itself and into its emptiness. That's a toxic person right there. Boy, if you get too close, they will grab you and pull you right into all their drama, won't they? It's like they have little hooks that they put in you and just pull you right in. And a big reason for that is because toxic people are ruled by selfishness and spite. They are the epitome of a selfish person. Everything they do is about them. All the problems that they face, that they're gonna be the victim of, it, it, it all comes back to them, and they've got to have a collection of people to be a pity party for those issues that they face. Everything's focused on them, how they're impacted, how things affect them, whether or not they like what's going on. Selfish people, selfish people are usually toxic people. Toxic person is like selfishness on steroids, really is. But it's not just that they're selfish, there's a spiteful edge to them. You know, they're, they're critical and cynical and, and they're always, it's not enough that they're selfish in what they do, but they attack everything. They attack people, they attack situations, circumstances. Everything. They're real spiteful in their outlook on life. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, can you guys hear me okay? Hear me good? All right, good. 1 Timothy chapter 6, um, starting at verse 4, Paul's giving Timothy kind of a warning for what toxic teachers were doing in the church at that time. There were a group of people that had just come in and they were spreading a bunch of false teaching, false doctrine, and they were causing a lot of uh, confusion and a lot of friction and a lot of strife and division in the church. So Paul said, Timothy, I want you to look out for this group of people. And he gave a list of characteristics that these toxic teachers or these toxic people would have. And I want to read this to you. And you tell me if this doesn't just nail a toxic person to the T. It says, they're conceited and understand nothing. Holy snap. If I could just come up with two things to describe a toxic person is that they're conceited and they don't understand a God-blessed thing. They don't. They are like a living, breathing example of what Proverbs calls a fool. It says, a fool, a fool delights in airing their own opinion but they're not interested in gaining any knowledge. They'll run their mouth, 
They'll run their mouth in a conceited way, but they'll talk in complete ignorance. You ever seen somebody that just talks a whole lot, but they don't know anything? But to them, they're an expert. I'll tell you how to fix everything in the world in five minutes if they just shut up and do what I say. Like, you can't even pay your phone bill on time. How are you going to fix the world in five minutes? You know, but to them, they know how to handle everything. So they're conceited. They don't understand anything. Look at this. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk. That, that is a toxic person to the T. They're always caught up in some kind of drama or some kind of division or some kind of controversy. They're always caught up in this whirlwind of, of drama, man, and quarreling with people. It all results in envy, strife, malicious talk. That's a toxic person if I ever heard a description of one. You know what malicious talk is, right? If I do a malicious act, that is a premeditated act that's meant to do harm to you. A toxic person is absolutely malicious in what they say and what they do. They're going to strike out at people out of selfishness and out of strife in their hearts. Evil suspicions, they're always going to assume the worst about a situation or a person. You know, somebody like that, doesn't matter what's happening, they're always going to assume the worst about it. And constant friction between people of corrupt mind. Toxic people are always in friction with something. Like if they wore a jacket with matches on them, they burst into flames before the end of the day. Like they're just friction everywhere as a toxic person. Now, we all know somebody in life that probably has one or maybe two of these characteristics. But a genuinely toxic person is going to manifest all of these things. They're going to carry all of these characteristics like clockwork. It's not just going to be someone's having a bad day, so they're a little angry or they're a little bit grumpy. No, they're going to be like that 24-7, 365. It's going to be ingrained in their DNA. So you have to learn how to spot this stuff because you want to keep this person at a distance. I'll say this again. You want to keep this person at a distance. You don't want them up close. Toxic people, I don't have to tell you guys this, but they're just they're chronically negative. Everything's half empty. It's never half full. They're chronically negative. They're overly critical of everyone and everything. Negative outlooks and critical about every person. You just can't win with them. It doesn't matter what you say or what you do. They're controlling and they're manipulative. Whew. God Almighty. It's exhausting to be around a toxic person because they're always trying to control people and situations. They're always trying to manipulate. You've been around somebody that just manipulates all the time. They're exhausting to be around, man. I just, I don't want to be around somebody like that, but a toxic person, always controlling, always manipulative. They're always offended and hurt. Always over something. Not a day goes by where they're not, they're not offended or hurt because of something. And here's why. Because they use offense and being hurt to control the behavior of other people. Because if they can create a world of eggshells for people to have to walk on, then they can control those people because they're going to be hurt if they don't be, behave the way that they want them to behave. So they'll be able to control and manipulate because they're offended and hurt. Plus, being offended and hurt all the time keeps the spotlight on them. It's like a dysfunctional way for toxic people to get attention. If you see somebody that's offended, like habitually, literally, over everything, keep an eye on that. That might not be a difficult person. You could be dealing with a toxic person. Toxic people are a continuous source of temptation. They're a continuous source of temptation. In fact, if you were to put a, like a, a spiritual definition on a toxic person, you could say that a toxic person would be anybody for you that, that keeps you from a healthy relationship with God and keeps you 
from accomplishing what God has called you to do with your life. For you, that would be a toxic person. They're always tempting you to go the wrong direction. They're tempting you with sin. They're tempting you with bad decisions. They're tempting you with fill in the blank. You know, I, I see this a lot, especially in the world of relationships. As a pastor, I don't know how many times I've seen people make the mistake of jumping into a relationship with somebody that was toxic for them spiritually. And it absolutely destroyed them. You know, if they take you away from your walk with God, you don't need them in your life. Okay, if they take you out of church, listen, let that be a big warning sign to you. All right, well, maybe he'll change. I can get him to come to church with me. If he doesn't want to come to church with you now, I promise you, if the relationship lasts long enough for you guys to get married, he absolutely ain't coming to church with you after you get married. He's going to be an anchor that you're going to have to drag through your whole life that's going to hinder your relationship with God and your walk with God. The problem is we approach relationships in the wrong way. We look for someone to meet our needs, okay? Um, not that at the end of the day, that's a horrible thing, but it can't be the sole motivation in going after or pursuing a relationship. Can I meddle a little bit this morning? All right, this is on me just a little bit. Let me, let me meddle just a little bit. All right, looking to a person to fulfill a need of loneliness in your life, it's a bad motivation for a relationship, okay? Looking to jump into a relationship because somebody gives you some kind of emotional fulfillment, bad way to jump into a relationship, okay? Those things should be resolved in your relationship with God, okay? You know what they say, you don't go shopping when you're hungry? Don't go looking for relationships when you're lonely, Guarantee you, you'll end up with some stuff you never wanted in your shopping cart. I promise you. But what happens is this, okay? When we look for people to meet needs in our lives, instead of looking for God to meet those needs first in our lives, we're making a decision on a relationship outside of God's will for our lives. Because if we're standing in his will, he's going to let us know when we have the green light to pursue a relationship with somebody. Listen, we don't have to go to another church because it has more girls. You don't have to leave and go to another church because it has more guys. I don't even have to ask you if you're hearing from God. You're not. You're leaving and you're going for the wrong motivations and you're setting yourself up for failure. I'll see you in six months when the relationship falls apart and you're trying to put the pieces back together again. You can come on in here and we'll pray for you and we'll get you back up on your feet. Or you could just avoid the whole situation and have a right relationship with God and let him fulfill you and make those choices based on what he's leading you to do. Here's why it's a trap. Because a toxic person is drawn to people that are insecure and looking for needs to be met. They're drawn to it because those are the kind of people that can be manipulated, controlled, and abused. And I'm telling you, it's like flies to poop. They're attracted to it. They're attracted to it. Okay, so you see these people that get in these relationships over and over and over again with the same kind of person. And then it ends and it just goes down in flames. Ah, it ended again. I can't believe it. I thought he was nice and he ended up being a verbally abusive jerk or a physically abusive, insecure baby man. crazy well I thought she was nice but she turned out to be a controlling Jezebel whore well you're attracting the same kind of people because you're using the same process to jump into those relationships if you want to catch a different kind of fish use different kind of bait you know what I mean I'd rather wait and do it God's way than just have a trail of burning relationships in the past. So they're attracted to that. They're attracted to it. They'll lead you to temptation in the relationship. They'll lead you to temptation in your walk with God. You don't need people like that in your life. All of these things describe a toxic person. A toxic person is always going to drain, distract, and destroy. Always. Difficult people, they might drain just a little bit. 
that a toxic person is always going to drain you emotionally. You know, there's people you're around, and when you leave their presence, you're just mentally and emotionally drained because they have taken you all around the world and back again. And you just, they just drain. They distract you from God's call and his purpose on your life. They distract you from things that, that allow you to be productive in your life. And they'll destroy every time. A toxic person will destroy healthy relationships that you have in your life. It only takes one. They'll divide your friends against each other. They'll divide your other friends against you. They'll come in and they will just wreak havoc. They will destroy. A toxic person will destroy a family if you let them. A toxic person will create all kinds of division and chaos in a church. If you let them go unchecked long enough, a toxic person is always going to destroy things because they are focused on themselves. They, they just, they're a pit of selfishness, a black hole that will suck everything into it if it gets an opportunity. Um, so now that we kind of established what they are and what they do, you guys know what you're looking at now. You know what you're looking for, just in case you didn't. You know how to spot a toxic person. Spotting them is not enough because they're out there. We have to know how to correctly deal with a toxic person in our lives. And the Bible says a lot about that. And so I want to spend the rest of our time just looking at what the Bible says about how to deal with a toxic person. And the first thing you want to do in dealing with a toxic person is this. Listen, it's always best to put out a fire before it starts. It's always best to put out a fire before it starts because you don't have to deal with the smoke. You don't have to deal with the destruction. You don't have to deal with putting it out after they put it out before it starts. And it's a lot easier to stop a fire before it starts. So what does that mean? That means we need to set boundaries in our lives. You got to set boundaries in your lives when it comes to dealing, not just with toxic people, but people in general. Listen, not everybody needs access to every area of your life. Not everybody is trustworthy enough to let them into your inner circle. You got to be careful with that. You got to set boundaries. If I go to where I live and I walk long enough in a direction, I'm going to come to a property marker that tells me where our property ends and where someone else's property begins. It's a boundary. It lets me know this is as far as I can go. If I go over onto someone else's property and want to do anything on there, it's wise for me to go and ask that property owner for permission before I cross that line or that boundary and go someplace that I don't have ownership of. That's how boundaries work in your life. They're like a property marker that keeps people in check so that they don't come into territory that they're not welcome to come into without having your permission. Okay, that's how it works. And I know that sounds kind of cold-hearted. Well, doesn't the Bible say we're supposed to love all people? Yeah, yeah, it does. But it does also say we're supposed to operate with wisdom too. Just because you love somebody doesn't mean that they have an all-access pass to every area of your life. And they have a voice that speaks into every area and decision of your life. Jesus had boundaries in his life. If you look at the life of Jesus, he had boundaries in his life. He had 12 disciples, not 200. He probably could have very easily had a group of 200 people that he walked and talked with all the time, that he talked all the time. But he chose to have 12 because it's a manageable number. Now, he had other people that followed him but they didn't have access to him like the 12 did. And out of that 12, he had another group of three that he was really close to. But the other 12 didn't have the access to Jesus like the other three did. See what I mean? Jesus set uh, boundaries in his life. He protected himself. Jesus was very careful about what he allowed to be spoken in his presence. Like he would call people out if they said stuff that didn't need to be said. He didn't allow negativity around him. He wouldn't allow gossip around him. When Peter, uh, Peter mouthed off, like Jesus was telling the disciples what was fixing to happen to him, and he said, hey, guys, I'm fixing to be crucified and killed. It's going to happen. It's the Father's will. Peter said, uh-uh, not on my watch. That's not going to happen. 
And Jesus pretty much told him, shut up. Get behind me. He called Peter Satan. When's the last time you called somebody in your life Satan? Like your wife's just yelling at you, shut up, Satan. You know, your husband's going off, shut up, Satan. This, by the way, I do marriage counseling for $850 an hour for stuff like that. Not really, but that's what I want to charge sometimes. Uh, so he just told Peter straight up, shut up. You don't have in mind the things of God. You're trying to take me down a path that's not legitimate. You're trying to steer me away from the call of God on my life. Be quiet. Jesus shut it down. He shut it down. It's a pretty good strategy. It's a pretty good strategy. You know, a lot of people try to bring a lot of things into your life. Russell, why don't you help me out here for a second? You're looking good this morning, by the way, Mr. Russell. You have the ability to set boundaries in your life. You can say no, and you can say, I don't want to go there. So I always equate it like this. If somebody throws a ball to you, you don't have to throw it back to them. If a toxic person tries to bring you into a critical conversation about somebody else, and they throw that ball to you, you don't have to throw it back. You can just drop it and leave it right where it is. If a toxic person's trying to gossip about, did you hear? Did you hear that Pastor Jeremy used to be a men's bikini model before he got saved? Did you hear that? Did you hear that David Varney and Thomas Rasco sneak away on Thursday nights, put on man tights, and do interpretive dances of each other's lives? crazy crazy gossip like that and throw the ball to you you don't have to throw it back you don't have to participate when Peter threw the ball to Jesus Jesus didn't throw it back listen when these people throw the bait the bait the phone call uh, the whole world has just fallen apart again well, it fell apart at 10:30 this morning and here it is four it's falling apart again you know how these toxic people were always calling you at the most inopportune time because all hell's broke loose in their life again not like an isolated event but again it's falling apart there's the ball you don't have to throw it back you don't have to run to them you don't have to get neck deep in their business you can just let it lie and walk away and you know what you'll be 100 percent biblically correct when you do it doesn't mean you're not operating in love it means you're operating in wisdom and you're refusing to let somebody get access to a part of your life that they do not have permission to access russell thank you so don't throw the ball back take a drink of water after that got to set boundaries we like to complain about people in our lives a lot. We like to complain about the toxic people. And can we just have an honest moment? All right, there, there are very few people in your life you haven't allowed to be there. There's very few people in my life that I haven't allowed to be there. So why do we shift into neutral and complain about things that we're allowing to happen? in our lives why do we complain about people that we're giving permission to come in and disrupt our lives for why why we we can choose who has access to our lives we can choose to establish boundaries and that doesn't mean you're not operating in love some people you can love for, for from a distance and pray for and that's biblically correct because if you let them get too close They'll wreak havoc in your life. What they have on them will eventually get on you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, the opposite of that can be true, too. If you surround yourself with people of good character and strong qualities, you will eventually become like them also. Who you surround yourself with and who you allow access to your life, listen, has incredible influence on who you become as a person. Says it right here. 
Great, great character, but bad company will corrupt it. Now, it doesn't mean that you might just throw everything in the trash and completely walk away from God, but it means that you won't be as productive. It means that you won't be as passionate. It, won't mean, it means that you won't be as focused or as anointed or as available because these people are stealing precious time from your life. You be very careful who you allow to come into your circle. You know that old saying, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future? It's true. It is absolutely true. So you want to surround yourself with people that are going to build you up and lead you in the right direction. Toxic people will not do that. So you can't just stand around and complain about them. You're letting them in your life. And because you're letting them in your life, eventually their qualities and their problems are going to get all over you. And it's going to affect what you're able to do for the kingdom of God. It will rob you of your joy. They'll rob you of your peace. They'll rob you of your love of life if you're not careful. These people are black holes that will suck you into everything that they have going on. So you got to be very wise with who you surround yourself with. A lot of people don't ask themselves questions like I'm about to throw at you. This is a healthy question to ask yourself. What are the qualifications for getting access to your life? What are the qualifications for getting access to your life? What's the checklist? What kind of character qualities does a person have to have in order to come into your inner circle? What level of passion do they have to have in their relationship with God in order to get access to you? What are the qualifications for getting into your life, or getting access to your life? It's a healthy question to ask because you don't want just anyone getting close to you. Like as a pastor, um, sometimes people, I know this is hard to believe, but they'll go to a pastor and they'll express concerns about a problem that they see. Or they might have something not quite, well, they may even have something critical to say about the church or, or ABC, XYZ. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect staff. So there's plenty of opportunity for improvement all over the world, especially here at the church. We're always trying to get better at what we do. But from time to time, people will come to me and they will present things to me. And I have a list of qualifications that I will go through that this person has to meet in order for me to give merit to what they say. And here it is. If a person comes to me and says, Pastor Josh, blah, 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 I'm going to say, okay, number one, does this person love Jesus? If this person loves Jesus, then they get the first check. If they don't love Jesus, then what's motivating them to come have a conversation with me? Second question, do they love this church? If they don't show that they love the church, if they aren't, regular in their attendance, if they aren't involved in ministry or at least helping somewhere and showing a, com a level of commitment to the church or giving to support the outreach and ministry so we can uh, reach our community around us like Jesus has called us to. If I can't see the fruit of that love, then I'm not going to take what they have to say seriously because I know they're not speaking out of the right motivation. And the third question is, do they love me as a pastor? So do they love Jesus? Do they love this church, and do they love me as a pastor and as a person? And if I don't get a yes to all three of them, I might listen to what they have to say, but I'm not going to take it seriously because I'm not going to give them access to that area. You understand? But if it's check, 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 I'm going to listen to what they have to say because I know their heart and their motivation is correct. You need to have a list of qualifications for people to get access to your life. I want someone around me that's going to be able to bear the burdens of life, like the Bible says. I want somebody there that I know that I can count on. I want somebody around me that's going to be iron sharpening iron in my life. So they're beneficial for me, and I'm beneficial for them. That I want someone around me that's going to spur me on to works of service in the kingdom of God. I want somebody that's going to call me out 
if I'm a little off. Josh, you're a little edgy today. You might want to keep that in check. No problem, man. Thanks. I want people in my life that can speak to me that way out of a proper motivation. I want people that are on fire for God. I want people that are dreamers. I want people that are leaders. I want people that refuse to sit back and watch the world happen around them. They want to get up and happen to life and advance the kingdom of God. I want to surround myself with world changers. Why? Because I'm eventually going to become like the people I surround myself with. And if I allow the wrong people access to my life, it's going to affect me in a negative way. Toxic people will destroy your life if you let them stay in proximity to your life. So if they don't meet those qualifications, you got to push them out. Sometimes, sometimes you may have to cut some branches. You may have to cut some branches. You guys and gals that are gardeners, you guys watching that, that garden, you understand what I'm saying. For a tree to remain healthy or for a bush to remain healthy, sometimes you could come in and trim off the extra branches because trees will have, I mean, all these extra branches on them that they don't need. And a bush will have extra shoots and branches on it that it doesn't need. And those extra branches are taking water and nutrients from the trunk of the tree or the bush and it's hindering the overall growth and productivity of that tree or that bush. Sometimes you have to come in and cut the extra stuff off. If you've got somebody in your life that is persistently ignoring the, uh, the parameters that you put up in your life, if they are consistently crossing those borders that you've established in your life, if they ignore your request to do, listen, I don't, I don't talk that way. I don't want to do that. No, we're not going to do that. Biblically, that's wrong. If they ignore that and they try to bulldoze over all of those boundaries that you've put in place, listen, I'm telling you, that's the person you need to cut out of your life. Love them from a distance, but don't give them access to your life. Why? Because they're extra branches that are robbing you of what you need to be, everything that God has called you to be. Sometimes you gotta cut them off. Pastor Josh, that just sounds so harsh. I get it, especially if you're somebody that's real merciful and you're real loving towards people. Like for some of us, oh, you're gone. We wouldn't even blink. We can cut somebody off and just keep on walking and not miss a beat. For some of us, it's like the hardest thing ever to do. Now, this should be something that's pretty rare in your life. This isn't something that you do to somebody because they made you angry. Well, he made me so mad at work. You know what? I'm just done with it. I'm cutting him off. No, you're overreacting because you're emotional. You need to take a chill pill back up for a second. Woo-saw. Get in the presence of God. And then come back and, and have a better day the next day. But with a toxic person, you're going to have to cut them out. Did you know that Jesus cut people out of his life. Jesus walked away from a lot of people. He had to. He had to. If you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you look at the Gospels, you're going to see 41 times in the four Gospels that Jesus told a person or a group of people no and walked away from them. How about that? And Jesus had a perfect relationship with his father. Jesus was able to rest. And Jesus was able to accomplish 100% of everything that the father asked him to do with his life. Because Jesus set parameters. He had boundaries. Jesus wouldn't give the wrong people access to his life. Jesus knew when to walk away because he was in a situation that was going to take him off track. Or he was around somebody that was asking something of him that was going to cost him in his calling or his productivity in the kingdom of God. Jesus is a great example to follow. 
Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I got a question for you. Are you a toxic person? I'm not talking about do you, can you relate with one of these characteristics that I read? Just looking deep down in your heart, in yourself, I'm asking you to do something that's impossible for a toxic person to do unless the Holy Spirit is convicting their hearts. Are you a toxic person? Hey, you know what? Today can be a day of change. You don't have to live the rest of your life that way. Do you have someone in your life right now that is toxic to your life? They're toxic to your relationship with God. They're toxic to his calling on your life. They bear out all these characteristics that we just went over. They're there. They're toxic. They're they're robbing you of your joy. They're robbing you of your peace. They're robbing you of relationships and productivity and life and then what God has called you to do they're just sucking the life out of you hey I want to pray for you this morning because you've got some decisions to make because you choose who has access to your life and then how to deal with a toxic person first you recognize it you set boundaries and if they proceed to ignore the boundaries eventually you're going to have to put a stop to it. That doesn't mean that you don't love them. It just means that you care more about your walk with God and what he's called you to do. And you can still love those people and you can pray for them from a distance, but you're going to have to make the decision to have the conversation to stop the access to those areas of your life. So on the count of three, I just want to pray over us today. One, are you a toxic person? Do you recognize these traits in you? Do you hate what you've become? Do you want God to do some work in your heart and change you? Two, are you dealing with a toxic person in your life right now? And you just need some prayer with, for wisdom in dealing with that situation. On the count of three, if that's you, I want you to lift your eyes up and, and look at me. I want to pray for you this morning. No one's going to be looking. This is just between you and me, and I'm not going to call you up to the front or embarrass you or anything. I just want to pray for you this morning because this is something that legitimately we all are going to face at some point in life. And if you're going through that now, you got a church that loves you and wants to pray with you today. So on the count of three, if that's you, lift your eyes and look at me. Here we go. One, two. Three, lift them up and look at me. I see you, I see you, and you. I see you over there. I see you right there. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. I see you in the back. I see you right there. Praise God. Maybe you guys watching online, you're dealing with this stuff too. I want to pray for you too. Let's all stand if we can this morning. And where we are right now, Let's just lift up our hands if you're comfortable doing that just as a sign of surrender to God. And let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift these beautiful people up to you. Father, if there's anyone watching online or anyone here today that in their heart of hearts, they know that they have been a toxic person. That's just who they are right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you do a work in their heart. Father, that you cause them to to understand that change begins through a relationship with you Jesus we're transformed from the inside out through your presence as you work on us not something we try to muster up on our own but you change our heart you change our desires as we pursue you and draw closer to you we become more like you so For those people that are here watching online that have realized, you know what, man, I'm just toxic. I got some jacked up stuff in my heart and in my life and it's affecting other people. Lord, I pray that they draw closer to you. And if they need to, maybe the good route for them is to get a Christian counselor to talk through some of the stuff because most of the people that are toxic are toxic because of intense trauma that's happened to them at some point in life. 
Lord, for those of us that are dealing with toxic people in our lives, it's one of the most awkward and uncomfortable situations that people could ever be in. But unfortunately, it's one of those things that we have to deal with in life if we don't want to surrender our peace and if we don't want to surrender our joy and if we don't want to surrender our, our relationship with you and who you've called us to be, at some point we're going to have to deal with that stuff. So Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, I just pray over people, Lord, for boldness and for wisdom, Father, and what to say and how to say it and when to choose to have conversations. First of all, I pray, Lord, that people would realize in their hearts that you haven't called any of us to be doormats. And the boundaries and standards and parameters that we have set for our lives, if people don't respect those things, we don't have to sit there and let them run over us. We can defend the boundaries that we have put in place in our lives. Because the people that get close to us affect us. And we want to operate in wisdom in our lives so that we're becoming the people that you've called us to be. God, I pray that you give us wisdom. Lord, give us, give us a heart that's full of mercy and grace as we talk to these people that we wouldn't, if we have to have a conversation that we don't have a conversation from a, a motive of anger or frustration, but Lord, that it comes from a heart that first of all desires to show people your love but sometimes love has to be tough love and we have to draw a line and you had to do that in your life too, Jesus. So I pray, I pray, Father, for wisdom and boldness and just your love over us as we're having to have those conversations. And once we've had them, Father, I know, Lord, that you'll restore peace, that you'll restore joy, that that drama the controversy, the friction, all that stuff goes with the people that operate in that stuff. Lord, cause us to be a people that are focused on who you have called us to be. And let us make wise choices in who we surround ourselves with. God, I thank you for the truth of your word, for what you've done today. Father, for your conviction, for your revelation, for your instruction, for the wisdom of your word, and for your guidance and how to deal with these issues of life. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.